Episode 2, Electric Boogaloo. This is Songs in My Head. Thanks for joining us again for another great episode of Songs in My Head. Uh, joined again by Kristen. Hi. Um, first of all, I just want to say thanks for all the support for everybody that's listened. Um, you know, without you guys, we would never be able to, you know, actually continue this project on. So. You know, I, I do appreciate we appreciate the the support from all of our all of our followers, um, which we are now finally set up on most social media. Uh, we have a Twitter and an Instagram, both of which uh, are the handle S I M H Pod. You can look that up, Twitter or Instagram. I'll remind you guys again later. And uh, on Facebook, you can find us at uh, Songs in My Head. Um, so, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Back, ready to talk about some more music. Yeah. Uh, so, this week, uh, we kind of got back into our own wheelhouse, I think. We, yeah. you know, we got back into our own comfort zones gave each other some music that you know is a little more a little more on the regular rotation yeah for what we both normally listen to um so I, I think I'll just hop right in and get the show started uh so this week you gave me something from one of your favorite bands um which they're a staple as far as pop punk, uh, just punk in general is concerned, uh, which would be less than Jake. Um, and they're a band that I know that I've heard of before. I know that I've probably heard them before, but I've never gone out of my way to actually like listen to them yeah <clears throat> they've been at a couple warp tours that i know you were at right so, so. I'm, I'm sure that i probably caught them at a warp tour and i was like oh this band's pretty cool <laughs> um the album that you gave me was hello rock view which is their third studio album yeah um uh i found that it was released october 6th 1998 which 1998 I mean for the for the scene in general there's a lot of big music coming out I mean uh, Newfound Glory was popping up in the scene Yellow Card was popping up in the scene this same year Real Big Fish was coming onto the scene a little harder uh, you know so it was just it was a big turning point kind of like the the segue from the 90s punk into the early 2000s like scene pop punk movement I guess is the best way to put it but uh, 
less than Jake. Man, their 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 energy through and through. I mean, like from the beginning to the end of this album, it is just bam, bam, bam. It's just energy the whole time. Well, their shows are like that. That's why I chose this because they're my favorite to see live. I mean, I've seen them at least ten times. And it was hard choosing one of their albums. But this one, I think, has some of the more well-known stuff. Plus, like you said, the energies. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. And I, I actually didn't... I didn't realize that uh, they were as ska-influenced as they are, especially on this album. Oh, yeah. Um so that was kind of cool to hear and it's interesting too because they they just they're kind of all over the place in being part of like the ska post-punk pop-punk kind of movement because like they're they kind of have that old school like operation ivy kind of vibe but then in some of the songs they also have like you can hear like some no effects or mxpx or even like a little bit of offspring in there where it's just like that real fast paced yeah. like like i don't want to say angry but angsty is yeah. a better yeah they um they f- i feel like they have a lot of crossover at least fan wise with a lot of other genres um, yeah they don't. I mean, they're ska, but they don't quite fit just in one. No, because like even on this, on this record, it's a roller coaster ride as far as like styling is concerned. Right. Uh, so I did notice that uh, there was a very specific dedication on this album. Uh, it was an artist, I guess, that the producer had just finished working with, and then she got hit by a car. Oh. Yeah, and I was reading it, and like it was a couple of couple of interviews that I saw where they were talking about this, and they said that like it was kind of like the 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 damper on the parade, where like they had just come off of recording a really good album. And then that happened. And so they were like, it just felt right to dedicate this to her. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a, we're so sorry this happened. So it was a weird thing. And it popped up on every single thing I read, like very specifically. And I was like, what? Why? But I could never find any information on the actual artist, which was weird. She just got hit right Right out of existence. Yikes. <laughs> um, and actually, another thing that I read, too, is that, like, they had nothing written for this album when they went in to record it. So, like, they went into the studio and they wrote the whole thing in the studio. That's impressive. Yeah, like just seat of their pants. Let's just write. I think they said they had like one really rough version of one song written, 
but like nothing tracked, nothing laid out. They just walked in with a few ideas and got to work. So uh, I did find out that the lyrics for most of their stuff are written by their drummer, uh, Vinny Fiorello. Um, I actually don't think he's in the band anymore, though. I think they have a different drummer now. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> in an interview that I read with him, he basically said that uh, if you rearrange the the track listing of the songs, um, it kind of tells like a story of of his kind of getting out of getting out of a rut and kind of moving on to a new phase in his life so it kind of like it's more of a personal story where it kind of like it follows it's a storytelling album essentially but like not, not organized in in like a concept album kind of way but they did make a reference to the album being a concept type album because of the CD pamphlet, which is written like a comic book. But that ends up taking the context of the lyrics differently and they rearrange the songs so that it makes sense as a story. Right. Which is pretty cool. Now and I actually, want to see it. Just yeah, what you were saying. Right, right, right. Like Definitely. I, I, I want to get a copy of it so that I can just like actually look at it and see like how it's laid out because I actually read that um the art style is like uh like the old Dick Tracy comics which is kind of cool because that's like real retro like yeah comic art and you know me I'm like a super comic book nerd so it's just something that interests me um Interestingly enough, though, the the title of the album is even more rooted in Vinny's history because he lived in New Jersey for a while, and they would gig a lot in PA, actually at uh, State College. Mm -hmm. And on their way there, they would pass the Rockview State correctional institution and so um it was like they were kind of saying like oh hello Rockview like well I read something about Vinny having a, a friend that had been there so yeah that was, was locked like up a, yep yeah so it was kind of like visiting an old friend in more than one right iteration of the term um but yeah, they actually said that it's like the album is a hello to the prison of suburbia <laughs> and the struggle to get out of of that society. That's so, a common theme in a lot of right. albums. <laughs> right. It's it's like the I hate this town, I gotta get out of here. I'll never get out of this town. So Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of a theme in a few of the songs too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Actually, on both of our albums, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I didn't realize how much they had in common until, until I started to do some research. And, right. And figure that out. Um, so, 
in kind of a different fashion from what I did with the Beatles album review. Um, I'm still going to go track by track, but they didn't have as much in-depth analysis, so to speak, behind the lyrics, which, I mean, it's a punk album. Like, I don't expect it to be telling me any super fanciful stories. Um, So I, I guess... What I'm going to do is I'm going to go track to track and I'm going to give my interpretation of what each song is about. Right. Um, so it starts off with Last One Out of Liberty City, which, side note, when I first saw the song title, it kind of made me giggle because I immediately thought of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, last one out of Liberty City, if they don't make a Tommy Versetti reference in here or a, a Sonny reference in here, that would be shameful. And then they didn't, but I digress. Um, so, I mean, essentially what I got from, from this track was that it was kind of like the the track about being the last person in your hometown. Right. Like the last one there, the the cheese that stands alone. <laughs> and actually, I, I did write down a couple of uh, a couple of things lyric wise that stood out that drove that home. Um, the one was the other day, this girl came up to me and asked if she used to go to school with me. I kind of laughed, and she said, wasn't I the guy her friends called a waste of time? And then also, they make a reference to that a couple lines later, when he says, the other night, this guy came up to me downtown, and can't believe after five years I'm still around. So it's like, he's seeing these people that thought that he would have gotten up and moved on. Right. But they're just saying that he's a waste of time and he's just stuck here. So. I mean, that's a common theme through some of the songs anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So moving on from there, uh, we get into help save the youth of America from exploding, which is (laughs) a super long, not the longest uh, title I've ever read, but definitely longer than expected. <laughs> um, and essentially what I gathered from this one is that it, it's more of a track that's about growing up and realizing that, like, you're super insignificant in the grand scheme of things. But, like, you just have to kind of learn to overcome it and push on. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of what I got out of it, too, is that, you know, your story's not a whole lot different than everyone else. You're kind of all going through the same thing because right. um, the line where it said, this is, this is the same old story of growing up and getting lost. Yeah, you're right. like a, just a speck. Yeah, you're just a speck. But like, again, you're, you know, it's not something that, you know, other people haven't gone through. Right. So I got that out of it, too. So it's, it's like, it's kind of like saying, like, okay, we get it. Like... 
oh, your life's so tough, but, like, <laughs> so is mine, and so is his, and so is hers. Like, get over it. Yeah. So, that, that was kind of what I got out of this track. And, like, it's just... The thing that I do have to say is, like, for songs that are are deep about, like, being stuck in a rut and being insignificant on, like, the face of human existence, they just have the catchiest guitar riffs and horn riffs. I mean, like, they really are just driving this shit home. Well, yeah. I mean, their show's exciting to me, like, from beginning to end. I also... Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean it. Oh, no. But... (laughs) I also did notice that it seems like throughout the album there's like a repeating horn part that you hear a similar part at the beginning of several songs and I wasn't sure if it was like accidental or deliberate I don't know. I mean, they're pretty heavy on horns in a lot of the songs, too. So, so. I, I wasn't sure if maybe they just kind of, like, huh. randomly threw it in there as, like, a, hey. But I thought it was kind of cool. Um, the, the only one thing that I thought was interesting, too, is anytime that um, they talk in a song about, like, a city or a street or whatever, like, I always have to look it up just because I'm big on the lyrics. And I was reading about... This one, the only thing that they referenced was um, 53rd Street Bridge, and all their songs usually are about, you know, Florida, Gainesville, where they, you know, originated, and there's no 53rd Street Bridge in Gainesville, so kind of wondering <laughs> where they're... Well, I mean, but again, this is coming from Vinny's life. That's and at, true. And at the time that he wrote these lyrics, he lived in New Jersey. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So... That makes sense. Maybe. Yeah. Because he even said, even further in, I think, he makes a reference to uh, being able to see his breath. Oh, yeah. Like it's cold. So. Good point. It's probably about some sort of bridge in New Jersey. I didn't do the background on that, but now I'm interested. I did a little bit, because Liberty City was... Um, at first, I was trying to figure out, you know, it's not a, not not a Grand, Grand Theft Auto city, so, you know, that's in Florida. Okay, so, okay. It just was, like, interesting that they used the Liberty City reference, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe it's a nickname for a town or something. I don't know, I, I looked it up myself, and uh, it said it's a city in Florida near Miami. But what I found interesting is that um, historically there was like race riots in the 80s or whatever in that area. And I was wondering because like, you know, the beginning of the song almost sounds like like police radio or something. The last one out of Liberty City burned to the ground. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I went kind of deep there, but I I don't know. Just the theory. Maybe. I mean, but even going back to that track a little bit more, when you're saying... The last one out of Liberty City burned to the ground. This is about Vinny leaving True. New Jersey and moving to Gainesville to be with the rest of the band. Right. So maybe it's him burning his bridges oh, yeah. and getting the fuck out of New Jersey. Oh yeah, like theoretical bridges. Right. Um 
so the next track is All My Best Friends Are Metalheads. Which <laughs> I love this song. Oh me too, that's my favorite. Um I do like the clip that it starts with. Yeah. Uh it's a speech that was given by uh, Victor Lundberg called An Open Letter to My Teenage Son. Yep. Um, I just like the part when he says a bunch of dope fiends and glue <laughs> sniffers. And glue sniffers. <laughs> that, it, it just, every time I listen to it, it just makes me laugh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, too, to hear it like when you see them live. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because they play that, too. And, uh, <laughs> of course. That's hilarious. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, like, you know, you're waiting to hear what song is next. And I, I've seen them both in concert where you, um, they do a full album. Okay. But then also, you know, whatever. Right, just text. like a regular show. But when you hear that, everybody's like, oh. <gasps> just because right. it's what you're waiting for. Right. Like, I feel like that's one of their more well-known tracks, too, at least. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like the the first track on... The used album, in Love and Death, where it has that little that little part where it's life like life's greatest mysteries, and it clicks into that, and then it has the gunshot. They do that at their show, and it just like explodes. Like the crowd just loses their proverbial fucking minds. Yeah, that's pretty much this too. <laughs> so I, I could understand that. Um, but what I did get from this is that. It's it's generally like a, a message about how like being different and being an individual aren't aren't a bad thing and that like you, you need to try and not let the paranoia of judgment from other people get in your way of being a better person. Right. So like, you know, they just they're telling you to be an individual. And don't let other people judge you. And if they do, fuck it, essentially. Yeah, I kind of got out of it, too. And I was reading a few different things, and they were saying, like, the like the part where they say, um, you think it's strange that there's a way of how you looked, how you act, and pretend they're not the same as you. So um, part of that was, you know, yeah, that you're not better than, than anyone else. And um, someone mentioned that, you know, some of that's with music fans, like, you know, punk is better, metal's better, whatever. It really doesn't matter. And right. that's kind of how I fit with the title, All My Best Friends Are Metalheads, that, you know... Right, that they're saying that, like... Everyone can get along. Right, everybody can get along, and that music is not necessarily the thing that needs to divide or unify. Right. And I feel um, with a lot, a lot of music people try to put them just in one genre or you you can only like you know one type of music but i don't know personally less than jake fits in so many categories in my my head that it, right. it only makes sense right i mean and it's like one of those i could sit here and say yeah i like rock music but like under that umbrella is just so many different different types of music like using rock as the blanket to cover it all is just so broad and i just think that that's a really like unfair place to put it so i i agree with you uh let me see here five state drive is the next track and um 
literally what I got out of this is that it's just a song about leaving <laughs> leaving your town on a road trip and not going back. Yeah. It's a one-way ticket to a new life. Yeah. And having zero fucking regrets about it. Yeah, it's a catchy song. Essentially, yeah. It's it's a good song. I enjoy it. Yeah, of course, you know, with, with the, the references to, to highways and things, I had to look it up. Right. And uh, found that, like, um, they talk about 47 and 89. So 47 is in Florida, which continues into Georgia. So, like, they're talking about 95. That's the five states, Florida, Georgia, um, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. Yeah. Like, that takes you all the way through there. So I'm like, five-state drive. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, a lot sense. of those are. I think ninety five is like the main. Oh yeah. The main highway that goes down the coast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you would hop on that from New Jersey. Sure. Here we are, <laughs> back to New Jersey. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a super catchy track. You know, it's the the, the whole album is just so. Yeah. It's so catchy. Everything is so good. Like, That's why I was hoping you'd like it. Yeah. Um, Nervous in the Alley was a really interesting one. Because, um, like, initially on my first listen, I thought that it was, like, a track about literally, like, being in an alley <laughs> and, like... I don't know, a couple times, like, I got, like, shady drug deal out of it, and I was like, <laughs> that's not. But then, like, after I listened to it, like, the, you know, like, the fifth or sixth time, I think it it more is kind of like, uh, you know, standing up for yourself and not being afraid to speak up and right. take a swing if you need to so that you don't look like a fool again. Yeah, yeah. I was um, the one part that that got me because I mean some of it does sound literal about you know raising a fist and right. You know, um, well, part, yeah, because he says like, "Will I raise a fist tonight? Will I speak up tonight? Will I shut my mouth or will I just block it out?" Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I figured it was about speaking out because they talk about um, not wanting to be left alone with that feeling again of hopelessness, nervous in the alley. So like it's. You know, um, it's like it's kind of like being on the outside looking in, where you, where you don't want to just sit back and watch, yeah, everything take place. Yeah, and there's one part where they said it's a change of heart that keeps us apart, which you know, again, is like the there's no reason to be divided. The change, you know, right? No, I I agree. Um, after that, there's motto. Which, again, really cool track. Um, It just... I feel like it's a song just about, like... Having something that you... That you believe in. That, like, is a... It's your drive. It's your motivation. It's something that you live by. And it's, it's kind of like... The motto is like... You know... Even though it might be dumb or it might be... Wrong... It's your motto. You yeah. you live it. You you fly your flag. You know, <laughs> live live your life. Yeah, they they said a couple times about it's what keeps you sane. Right. So that's you know, the thing you're working 
for yeah no I, yeah so i mean that's definitely a really good a really cool message in a very very fun song setting uh history of a boring town is up next which i mean i actually read that that was a track that actually made it onto the charts i think it topped out at like 39 like number 39 on the billboard oh. like rock chart which is interesting yeah that's, I didn't know that's that. pretty cool that's one of my favorites too um and especially live that's a fun one to to sing oh i can imagine but uh <laughs> essentially like it's the common theme of yeah it's the common theme <laughs> of like i'm never gonna get out of my town but it's being like stuck in a slump that is your hometown and you're still surrounded by all the things that drug you down before and that keep dragging you down and holding you back and it's just that feeling of like I'm never going to get out of this place I'm never going to be a better person but I yeah I mean I get that feeling but also that you still love it you still love your town right. even though right. We're like, it's what's bringing you down and you're stuck with the same people but it's still yours I don't know. That's how I feel about Pittsburgh. Same. <laughs> no, like legit. I've I've lived in Pittsburgh my entire life and like you know, it's it's one of those things where you're just like yo, like fuck this town. But then you're like but it's mine. But like it's my <laughs> town. Like I don't I don't want to leave. I don't want to and nobody else better say fuck this town. Right. No. If you say <laughs> fuck that town, fuck your town. <laughs> I feel the same. Right. Um, great American Sharpshooter, which is a great, it's a great song title. Um, it's a great song. It is a really good song. But it's like, what I got from it is like the struggle to, to, move on from a long-term relationship oh yeah did you listen but, to like, the live album or just the ri- i just listened to because <laughs> they they the live album is is what makes me laugh because they said this is a song about um love and matrimony and how how it all goes down the fucking toilet <laughs> fuck i know right <laughs> a rare relationship song and less than jake <laughs> uh let's see the next one is Danny Says. Uh, this was kind of like that track of like the guy that peaked in high school <laughs> and then was just bored with life. Um, you know, it was like, it seemed as though you had this young guy that was just like, you know, milling about and reminiscing about the good old days, but he's only 19. And he has so much life to live, but he can't see beyond. He he feels as though he's lived his best years already. Right. And it's just like, yikes. <laughs> like, huge. Try harder. <laughs> Did you read anything about what they thought of the song? No, no, yeah, I didn't. Um, one of the things that I read is that, it, you know, 
they've never had a request for this song in 10 years. I think that's what they said on the album, the live album. And um, it's not one of those songs that I think that, I don't even know if I've heard it live beyond when I heard the Like whole the whole album. Yeah. So that makes sense. Interesting. I don't think they're a huge fan because something about, you know, um, somewhere I read that they said it was the worst on the album, but I think that again was on the live album. Uh, the next song is Big Crash, which to me I got uh, I got out of it that it's like the confusion of kind of being being different and trying to to hold up your friends that are also different while also struggling to believe in yourself and convince everybody else that you believe in them. <laughs> so <sweet>. essentially <laughs> existential dread. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and what it comes down is to is just be yourself because it was like, don't be different if you can't be yourself. Right. So it's like, it's like you want to be yourself, but I want you to be yourself also. Right. But like, am I myself? <laughs> so I mean, it, it, it's a good song, though. Oh, I, yeah. I do really enjoy that one. Um, theme song for H Street, which pretty much what I I got out of it was that it's just kind of like a to hell with it kind of song. But I was kind of hoping that you could fill in. Because, like, I've read through the lyrics, I listened to the song, then I was like, I don't know what I get from this. Like, Yeah, the only thing that I, I wrote, I have a couple quotes here, but, like, things change, but beliefs stay the same. So, like, you know, things may change, but, you know, what you believe deep down, your motto, I guess. Yeah. Kind of ties back to that. Right. Um. Yeah. Remember when we said just how long can your ideals keep you warm? And we just laughed that same nervous laugh and we just sang along to the song on the radio. So like you know, keep keeping like what you believe close. But I don't know. I didn't get a lot out of it either, but that's right. pretty much all. Right. I mean that's why like with the the part where they say like sing along to the songs on the radio and then, like, before that, they talk about, like, having an awkward laugh mm-hmm. about something. And it's, like, it's just one of those, like, this was a bad thing. But, like, at the end of the day, you can laugh about it. And you'll still have, you know, some goofy song to sing about. Yeah. You know, your problems or whatever. <laughs> uh, I love the title of the next track. <laughs> Richard Allen George. No, it's just cheese. Uh, this song is literally about the local drunk. That's what this song is about. I'll show you his cheese tattoo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like, it's just about that guy that goes into the bar at 9 o'clock in the morning and drinks until 9 o'clock at night or until they run out of beer. Well, the keg's never dry. But it's never dry. So 
I have to say, though, that I think the highlight... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. ...to this song... The end? ...is Cinco de Mustache. Because... <laughs> it's just so... It's so random. Oh, yeah. It's like... It's just like all of a sudden you just have all of these guys... It just sounds like a bunch of guys at a bar. Oh, yeah. Just off-key singing some random <laughs> drinking song about not shaving your mustache. Kids that are hip for hair on their lip. They don't have a razor and don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> um, Scott Farkas... Farkas? Farsis? Uh, takes it on the chin. I think it's Farkas. Farkas. I think it's Farkas. It's a ficus. <laughs> um... This is definitely another one of, like, the, if you don't get out now, you're never going to get out. Oh, yeah. This place kind will of chew songs. you up and then spit you yeah. out I mean, it's, before you go. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, it's just one of those, like, this town is going to hold you back forever if you don't leave now. Yeah. Kind of songs. I mean, and it's, it's like, as straightforward as that. This always make this all makes me wonder now what order that it's supposed to be in. Right, because like that when has you, to be when you really read the lyrics and like you kind of step back and you you analyze what you're reading. Like if you read them in a certain way, it tells a story. Oh yeah, where it's like it's like a cautionary tale of like somebody having a conversation with somebody that they went to high school with. And they were like, man, what are you still doing in this town? Like, you got to make something of your life. You got to get the hell out of here. Like, and then you get to like the five state drive, which is probably closer to the end of that whole cycle. That's true. So like, I think it's, it's, I would like to see how it's written out. As the the quote unquote common common Jesus comic book, the common book. <laughs> um, the last song on the on the album is Al's War, and um, it just felt to me like it was a song about a friend that feels like his time is just wasted, but isn't really doing anything at all to change that. So, like, it's somebody that complains, but then, like, isn't bettering it by any means necessary. So. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes from that song was, sometimes I think I'm the only one who feels like going nowhere is like giving up. That is a good line. Mm -hmm. I do like that. I mean, overall, I think I... I think I have to say that, like, there's not a song on this album I don't like. Oh, right. Like, I can't pick a favorite. I just enjoy listening to the whole album. I mean, if I had to pick a favorite, absolutely. It would probably be the two, like, big tracks, which would be All My Best Friends Are Metalheads and History of a Boring Town. Yeah, those are my two favorites anyway. And then I feel like maybe a close close second to that would probably be Five State Drive. Or uh My my 
next one on that because you and I seem to have the fir- first two the same, I guess. Um, Great American Sharpshooter is one of my favorites. That's a good one too. I think that's one of my f- favorite Less Than Jake songs. Really? Yeah, it's fun to sing. That's usually my criteria on <laughs> which right. songs I enjoy the best. <laughs> which song you can just scream at the top of your lungs and feel great about it? Oh, I don't feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant like the screaming. Oh, the singing. Yes. The screaming. It's sometimes that's like it's therapeutic. Oh, definitely. Like just sitting down and screaming the lyrics to a song, even if it's not a great song. You know, like theme-wise. Being able to just scream the lyrics at the top of your lungs sometimes is just a good release. Um, so that pretty much wraps that part up. So let's take a breather and let's talk about some earworms real quick. <laughs> um, so I had some very strange earworms this week. Um, I found myself going back and listening to the album that you actually did last week, which was Trainwreck by Boys Night Out, because it's just such a good album. But, like, after you dove way into it, (laughs) and then I listened to it, I found myself, like, listening to it harder because like I had that sounds wrong <laughs> but uh, um listen harder <laughs> um no I found myself like listening more in depth right because I had more more information yeah. and I had like a, somebody else's perspective on it as well yeah and there's some there's some lines and like I like I said when we were talking about before there's a couple that are almost haunting and those earworms I mean yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's all about the songs in my head. All about it. Um, what else did I listen to that was like super earwormy that I was like, I have to listen to this song or it's going to drive me insane? Uh, no, the other day I had to put on Moving Pictures by Rush because I just kept having certain parts of songs stuck in my brain. And I was like, I gotta listen to this album now because, like, if I don't, I'll just be humming this part forever. So, not very funny ones, but... I've got a couple, but I don't know that they're funny. Um, Three times, or two times this week, I think, a couple times, there was a common theme of Party in the USA. Um, (laughs) Not just you. Hey! (laughs) Someone sent me a video! of singing but also um my daughter likes the pop stuff a lot and that's one that's on her rotation so we listen to that a lot um also because i think it's one of those songs i mean she likes a lot of the pop songs but there's so many that have you know hidden meanings that are more adult that i don't want her listening to so this one's not not so bad um (laughs) okay quick side note how impressed were you that I knew that much of the song? <laughs> Very. <laughs> but I was well, I was impressed, but I wasn't surprised. No, you shouldn't be. Cuz you you're the same about lyrics as I am. I mean, you know a lot. Okay, yeah, but like I'm also the guy that knows half the songs that come on in the grocery store. So like 
And I know the other half. Hey, there it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so Party in the USA. Um, some Harry Styles song that they play on the radio about Just Let Me Adore You. Something like that. Oh, yeah. I had to look it up because I didn't know who sang it. And yeah, I, I just heard that track recently. It's a pretty cool track. It's the the basic pop stuff that my my daughter likes. So you know, but but sometimes like that kind of stuff just strikes the right chord with me, and I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah I can get into this. Like, uh, so I'm not gonna go too far on a tangent here, but like, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Jonas Brothers. When they came back and they released that song, Sucker, uh-huh. it was everywhere. And, like, I couldn't <laughs> avoid it. But, like, I'll be damned if that song is not one of the catchiest fucking songs I've ever listened to. <laughs> it's so good. It's a well-written song. And, like, I just... It's just one of those songs, like, you hear it and you're like, oh, shit, okay, here we go. It's guilty pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Except I'm not guilty about it. I, I I would I would put that on my Spotify for sure. <laughs> yeah, so there's those two, and then for some reason I was watching something where more than a feeling Boston oh, was on, and a, I re- I really like that song. What a great song! But it just kept popping in my head all week. It was a rotation of that and Party in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see now that rotation is is funny. Okay, so I gave you what album? Story of the Year. Yes. Page Avenue. Yes. And, uh, and I gave you that because on the Spotify playlist that I made for you, you frequently said that their tracks were ones that you enjoyed mm-hmm. the most. Yeah, there was a few, and they were they were um, up there. And for our dying day is one that pops up all the time, and it's a sing along for me. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I listened to the album. I really enjoyed. Um, I, I dove a little deep about the band. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed le- uh, learning what I did. I mean. Um, I listened to a podcast. I forget what podcast it was, but there was an episode where they interviewed Ryan Phillips. Um, Talk to me. I've never heard of the podcast before. But um, they were talking about how they got started and um, how the band basically moved to California with hardly any money, no um, plan really. Um, Talking about like, how that really worked for them and how being naive um, really helped them put themselves out there. Um, Just because um, when you, you know, you're going based on your passion and not like how you're going to pay your bills and, you know, that sort of stuff. They just wanted to play music. Right. And like that really worked for them. I mean, I don't know that that would work for a lot of people right but they were talking about the like there's a big amount of power and being naive and young and that if they tried to do this now like It'd be it a wouldn't lot have more worked, difficult worked out for them yeah um also one thing that i had read well that um story of the year wasn't their original name that was their third name um i didn't see much about the first name which they said was um let me see 
67 North. I'd never even heard that one before. But then they said their name was Big Blue Monkey, which in some places I saw written as three words. Some I read as one word, which still sounded kind of funny. Either way. Yeah, so they were Big Blue Monkey until... um, I think 2002 because there was a blues group that already had Big Blue Monkey as a name. So they took Story of the Year after their EP that was released. Wait, so they... They had an EP under Big Blue Monkey called Story of the Year. Oh, so they kind of did what Linkin Park did. I suppose. I did not know about Linkin Park, but yes. Linkin Park (laughs) initially um, their initial band name was um, Hybrid Theory which is the name of their first album but I forget exactly how it went but then they ended up having to like it was going to be a self-titled album but then they had to, they ended up having to change their name to Linkin Park Okay. so kind of a similar <clears throat> yeah so um, I thought that was interesting. Um, also, how they got their um, kind of a big break that I thought was interesting is um, during like a kind of a local festival, they snuck into Goldfinger's tour bucks and left uh, a demo there. And the reason they did that <laughs> was because, um, what is his name? John Feldman from Goldfinger is oh, yeah. the producer. Yeah. So he produced the used, I guess. He got the used started. Um, John Feldman has produced a lot. But at the time, I think that that was what they were going for is kind of kind of like the, you know, the used and the success that they had um, was what they were going for. So they snuck into the tour bus, left a demo, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and they had produced... Um, the demo video, I think themselves, it was a video. Oh. And they said that they're, um, I think they said in the interview that they didn't want to hire people to do things they could do themselves. So they were able to do a lot of the, um, that sort of stuff. Their music video, I think that they did, they did one, one video, I, I believe. think so. They did that themselves. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I read that, which I thought that was funny. I mean, again, that was the, um, following the passion of just wanting to make music and being young and naive (laughs) and and doing that and it really seemed to pay off for them um i thought that was interesting and um also um okay so page avenue is their first um major studio like full length yeah it's their first major release um let's see yeah, I read the release was pushed back several times. Um, they had three tracks that were recorded before um, they had a guitarist that left. Um, hmm. What I found interesting is that um, it peaked at number 51 on the Billboard 200, and it was certified gold in 2004, and it's one of the first post-hardcore albums to achieve that. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And That's they were pretty telling, big. Yeah, they were telling a story because they were on um, the label Maverick, which I guess is Madonna's label. And they said something about um, when they were working towards becoming big that they were told that if, you know, they got gold, they could meet Madonna. And that never happened. <laughs> That's super random. Yeah. And I think, um, who else? The Deftones, I think, are on that, on that label, too. I think so. They were kept talking about, like, um, how they were a big influence and that they really liked 
the band. So I think that like being on the same label as them was was a big deal to them. You know, I could I could hear that. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I've I've listened to enough from both bands to be able to say that I could I could definitely hear an influence from the Deftones there. Yeah, I um I hadn't really listened to the Deftones much till a little bit recently. Um Okay, so this album, too, I mean, has the theme of, you know, miss, about your hometown, missing home, and, you know, friends and memories that you had there. Um, that was just the common thing that I had felt um, came across. I was curious where Page Avenue came from, and since they're from St. Louis, I read that Page Avenue is the east-west freeway close to St. Louis. And the one thing that I read about the album cover is um, it's actually an image of a suburb in San Diego. And the band um, supposedly argued with the label about wanting it to be, you know, um, St. Louis. Oh. Because, you know, the album's called Page Avenue and it's right. their St. Louis band. And from what I understand, the, um, the label said, you know, that they would look into it or something, and then it was already printed and done. So double. <laughs> that's that's some typical label shit. They're like, okay, yeah, we'll look into it. Oh, by the way, we're already done with it. Yeah, and one of the things that I read about band, um, and I, I'm sure this is more of an opinionated thing, but um, that of a post-hardcore era, that a lot of bands um, could play music but couldn't perform. Um, I mean, they could perform, but they didn't have like. A great presence or you know from the beginning but that's what i read i didn't get to see them live obviously so like you're talking about their actual like stage presence yeah it said that some other bands were struggling with that but they were said that they could perform that. so i've seen story of the year at a warp tour twice yeah i did read that they were in warp tour and not <laughs> They are legitimately one of the most insane stage acts I've ever watched, even from being on a side stage. Really? Um, I mean, like, we're talking, like, they were tossing their, like, spinning their guitars over their shoulders, a lot of, like, spin kicks. At one point, the uh, the one guitar player climbed an amp. <laughs> uh, I think somebody did a backflip. Like, I mean, they their stage presence, it was just as energetic as their music. So, like, I, I totally understand that. Like, I, I just know that a couple times I've seen them, their act is just so crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's what I read. I didn't obviously see them because I, I mean, when I was at Warped Tour, I think I probably saw different bands than you. I don't even know if I went the years that they would have been well and you know that that was the thing about about warp tour in general is like y you could literally watch two different like genres of music under the same concert festival stage setup right like you could go to warp tour and watch only punk bands all day or you could go to Warp Tour and only watch like pop punk and screamo all yeah. day, and none of it would overlap. 
Yeah, I felt it was easy to miss things too, just because for sure we because would go the stages would be far apart and you wouldn't always get to see all the bands that you had wanted. The scheduling. Oh yeah. Oh, the <laughs> scheduling. We'll we'll talk about Warp Tour because I I think <laughs> that's gonna come up again in our. I think that we've I mean we've already talked about Warp Tour a lot in just two two episodes and I feel like Warp Tour was such a big a big thing for for music you know punk pop punk emo the scene in general oh yeah I feel like it deserves an episode at some point and it was pretty influential for me because um I know I mentioned before um it was hard to hear new music before the internet was real popular and, right um I mean there was MTV and the and buzz cuts of the new stuff but I mean it was harder to, to get to hear new music and I you know Warped Tour and stuff's where you get exposed to all sorts of stuff well and I think another well I just want to say this and then I'll let you go back to what you were saying I think another big thing about Warped Tour that made Warped Tour really good was the fact that like a lot of the time some of the bands that were on Warped Tour didn't come to most cities right like there were a lot of times where there were bands that went to warp tour that didn't regularly come to pittsburgh so like yeah we get skipped over a lot oh oh all the time i feel like cleveland gets a lot that we don't get because the house of blues in cleveland is such an iconic concert venue Mm -hmm. that like for the longest time really before stage ae started really picking up House of Blues was so iconic that, like, bands would have rather skipped a whole city to go to Cleveland to play there than to come to Pittsburgh, which is equally as big and a little better than than Cleveland. I'm biased. I wish I could remember the venue that we saw when I went in the fall and saw Mady Parade, because um, it was a neat place. It was like multi-level and a lot of the um the setup was i don't know just not like what we have here it's kind of like mr smalls a little bit the bigger well i mean even when we went to see newfound glory oh that was when we went to see them at the roxian like that concert venue was cool as hell too yeah because it's like it gave you that that old school theater vibe Right. While still giving you the option to be right on the floor with the band. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like Warp Tour was was a a great way for you to be able to see bands that you may have not otherwise been able to see on their own tour. Right. Which is a perfect example with Story of the Year. Like if if I didn't see them at Warp Tour, who knows if I would have ever been able to see them at the time coming through Pittsburgh because they weren't a big enough act. Right. So, like, they weren't booking every city possible. Um, Anyways. All right, so back to the original. <laughs> back to the album. Right. Yeah, it came out in 2003, and what I did see was that there was a 10-year um, re-release where I guess, I don't want to say it's acoustic, but it was all, like... I don't know, the, the couple tracks I listened to were, like, piano? 
Like oh. the sound was different. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I haven't. You I should. might have to go back and listen yeah, to that. Yeah, because I, I was reading something about the re-release being um, a different feel, and I, I thought it said acoustic, but when I listened to it, it was like piano, and the, the singing was more was more focused on the, the, the vocals and the, the lyrics, which I did like, but definitely different from the original album. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I kept coming up on Spotify when I was looking, because um, this is like 10 years and counting or something. Page Avenue. Okay, cool. so um, the first track is And the Hero Will Drown, um, which I think starts out pretty hard. Uh, normally, I would avoid songs with lots of screaming, but I feel like it fits. Um, I mean, it's a strong start. Um, feels like a breakup song. I'm not sure if that's the vibe that they're going for, but they're talking about um, tearing everything down, but our, still our hands are bound at the wrist. Um, it's very emotional. Like, um, just, yeah, I guess, guess it's too bad that everything we have is taken away. So it feels like there's just, like, turmoil in this relationship, and, like, he doesn't know if they should stay together and like is he the hero in the relationship by making it work right um the thing that i found found interesting about the song was it was a need for speed underground which yeah i didn't know how that would fit but like i know like video games have some pretty cool music these days oh yeah and i know i've i've found some things that i liked based on well yeah i know there was a games i actually think it was uh what is it all all my friends are metalheads. Yeah, I actually think that was on a Tony Hawk. Oh game. yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Tony Hawk soundtrack. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. that is good music too. Oh yeah, those. <laughs> you want to talk about a game to like discover every genre of music in one album? <laughs> you listen to a Tony Hawk soundtrack. Um, yeah, so I, I like that, that track. It was like a really strong start, I think. Um, emotional. Definitely. Um, so it goes into track two, Until the Day I Die, which is supposedly one of the more recognizable beginnings to, I don't know, an emo song, but whatever, um, for the genre, like just the... No, I know what you mean because that opening guitar riff... Yeah, that's what I was trying like, to... Like, when you, when you hear that immediately... It's it's one of those ones that you know yeah. exactly what you're going to be hearing. Exactly. And um, I don't know that this song um, was the one I heard much before. Because um, like I said, whenever I was listening to your playlist, it was um, Anthem for a Dying Day was the one that always stood out for me. But apparently this was one of the bigger hits on the album, too. And yeah, one of their is, more well-known. Yeah, this is um, one of like their biggest songs, songs. in general. So I read that this, this one was written in the band's van while they were touring. Nice. Um, and it's also the one, um, the debut of their music video. And it was also used in the trailer for Friday Night Lights. That's, I know. that's weird. Kind of random, yeah. Um, this one's also um, like a tumultuous relationship song in my in my head. Because he, he talks about, you know, until the day I die, I'll spill my heart for you. And, you know, my hands are at your throat, and I think I hate you, but we'll still say, remember when? 
like we always do. Right. So it's like, it's almost like a, you had like a rocky relationship with somebody, but like, you know, in the end, you're still going to, you're still going to stay together. So like, you know, until the day I die, it's, it's, you know, kind right. of like a, a weird twist of words on like the death to us part. Yeah. As the years go by, I race the clock with you. But if you die now, you know, I'd die too. Yeah, so that's, like, what I got out of it. I mean, there's a lot of feeling in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, that's a very common theme oh, yeah. throughout this whole album, is that, like, it's very, very, like, it's very deep. Yeah, I gotta say, um, yeah, starting it from, the you know, those two tracks and going right into the Anthem for a Dying Day, like, I feel like those ones um, kind of set the tone for for the album and I don't know if it's maybe that I was more familiar with those few after listening to the album for so many times eight ten times maybe um so I don't know I think that 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 they had a lot of feeling and it kind of continued through to the other songs absolutely um moving on to Anthem for a Dying Day for a Dying Day for a Dying Day um Anyway, <laughs> that's the one that I, you know, knew from this album before. Right. <clears throat> and this one feels like, um, it talks about, you know, how you're up on the rooftops, um, it goes to the world, um, from up here the city lights burn, so you're just like looking down on, I don't know, your city, your hometown, just everything else that, that's there. It was deep, but I, I can't quite place exactly what they're trying to get to it, but I feel like it's maybe open for interpretation. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely understand that, you know. It, it's... I feel like it's a, an interesting use of words. Yeah. When they say, like, from up here the city lights burn like a thousand miles of fire, and it's just like... That sounds so, like, dramatic, <laughs> but it's really just like... Oh yeah, I was sitting on my roof and I saw all the streetlights. Like yeah, for a second I wish the tide would swallow every inch of the city. I mean, dramatic. Right. It's just it's very dramatic and very, very visual. Right. Which I I think is what really makes it easier to connect with when you have such like a, a dramatic visual song like that. It really makes. I mean, and then you of course combine it with the musicianship, like the the music in that song it's just so like it's heavy in all the right ways oh i agree yeah, yeah. i mean that's you know it, it builds up and i mean that's how i how i sing along right and then oh, it, yeah. you know and then it has like that that nice like sing-songy yeah kind of part towards right the end the, yeah yeah like the bridge is you know I, I like it because it, it almost like wraps the chorus back around right in like a it almost like lightens the tone towards the end of the song because it's like the the the, the bulk of it is like it almost sounds angsty but mm-hmm. then by the end after you get like the sing-songy kind of bridge it cuts you back into the chorus and then you're like you're like Oh, okay, yeah, like, this is my, this is my time. Like we were saying with Less Than Jake, like, 
fuck this town, but it's my fucking town. Yeah. Like, and, like, I will always love this town. It's kind of funny that, like, we, we don't really have a theme here, but, like, we have a theme here. But inadvertently, we have a theme. It's <laughs> weird. <clears throat> right. Um, okay, so on to track four in the shadows. Um, this one was kind of hard and angry. Um, oh, yeah. The opening. Oh, yeah. It just, it's like a gut punch. It just, it just comes right at you. Like, you finish off with that, like, real subtle ending to the previous track, and then it just brings you in with that, like, little plingy guitar, and then it just literally screams in your face. Right. Right. Um... And again, this one felt like, you know, the relationship. Um, yeah, after all, we're still the same. These empty promises never seem to change. Um, I don't know. It was just an angsty song. Yeah, and angsty just kind of like a, you know, not quite sure what's going on with the relationship kind of kind of vibe yeah and I mean some of these I tried to look for more meaning but I think it's as simple as you know just being emotional yeah and it is open for interpretation for sure um track five was dive right in which um I felt was um just symbolic of you know emotionally falling um the lyrics were, you know, because I'm determined to let myself sink down. I know I'm buried too far down to feel the warmth from the sun again. Um, it kind of just feels like, like when you're you're deep, you're just, you know, letting it go. Right. You know, going along with it. Um, and that one kind of spoke to me because, I mean, emotionally, I've I've been there. Well, you know, yeah. her downer. Yeah, exactly. So, like, when you're down, you know you're down, and. And it's just knowing, I think it's, part of it is also just, like, knowing how far down you are. Where, like, you have that recognition that you're, like, holy hell, like, I'm at a point where, like, somebody needs to throw me a rope to get me out of this hole, like. Definitely. And I felt like even the song started out kind of hard and ended, um... I don't want to say soft, because none of it was soft. Right. But on a a more um, even, like, so then you're falling and you're at the bottom. Right. Like, you you think this is where you are and you're just accepting that you're going along with it and that, you know, you're too far down to feel the warmth again. Right. So that one was a super emotional song. And I mean, I felt like a personal connection to that one just because of the the topic. Um, And it's one of those songs that I think, like might pop up when I'm emotional like playlist (laughs) it's an an emo song oh yeah it's fine you can say it oh (laughs) no it it is right (laughs) it's giving me permission no I mean it's definitely one of those tracks that like you listen to you know when you when you know that you have You've gone beyond the point of return as far as your emotion is concerned, and you just need to scream about it. Yeah. It's it's literally the the sing-song interpretation of screaming into the void. Yeah. 
like yeah. that's that's basically what it is yeah i really like that one um seems weird to say i really like a song that's kind of dark and well no but it, you like it because it's a song that you could connect with, connect with. Mm-hmm. so i mean i i have i have plenty of songs oh, I know. that i listen to <laughs> like that um yeah so track six was swallow the knife and this one um was again you know emotional <laughs> surprise <laughs> shocker um relationship turmoil was like the the theme that i feel is a lot of the songs talking about their hands are tied the problems lie within so we pray for night to start or to start all over again um so let's make this night our best mistake um so i feel like it's again you know it's a it's a term uh, there's turmoil in relationship but you know at the end of the day you're still you know right right but it's 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 almost like a recognition of the the toxicity oh yeah i feel it's acceptance of it right it's like an acceptance of the toxicity of your relationship yeah so um Yes, our open wounds wounds will bleed until our veins run dry. Now we have to take this thorn and tear it from our side. Um, So I feel that that's, you know, um, the thorn from your side is the things that are keeping you, you know, the the things that you don't agree on. Um, So that one, angsty relationship song. Right. But it's good. Um, (laughs) Um... Next track was seven, Burning Years. Burning Years? Did I write that right? Um, This one, again, was um, a relationship song, again. um, Kind of that you've taken everything and given to the other person and, you know, take the rest. Right. Um, Just because um, I think nothing can fly with this broken wing. There's so much to hold on to now. Nothing can fly with this broken wing. So here's a gift and this feather. So, like... I can't fly, so you might as well have this. Yeah, it's it's a song that's basically like it signifies you have given everything that you can give, mm-hmm. and then you're still going to give more, right? Because that's that's all you can do at this point. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I that kind of spoke to me too. I'm just because the the emotional. I don't know the lyrics just. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I mean, it's... Because I'm, you know, I'm the type that'll give people everything and... Right. Second chances, third, fourth, <laughs> tenth, tenth chances. Tenth chance. <laughs> here's my feather from my Here, sad broken wing. <laughs> here is my feather. Take care of it. <laughs> for your tenth chance. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I liked it, but in the, you know, in the middle, the end, or whatever, in the butt these ashes burn so i mean take the wings burn the rest i don't know <laughs> yeah well i mean it, you know it's it's just it's it's kind of the push and pull right of of a relationship which again it's just carrying through the the toxicity of of relationship i keep saying the word toxicity and all i keep thinking is system of a down now <laughs> um but it's a good it's a good word 
Oh, it fits. To describe. It's, it's recognizing how toxic it is. Exactly. Yeah, that definitely came across. Um, after that's Page Avenue, which, of course, is the you know title track. Right. <clears throat> and like I said, named after a freeway close to St. Louis. Um, this one's a nostalgic song. Um, like, looking back to the past at, you know, everything that you thought mattered then, um, that it would last forever. Right. So, <clears throat> um, like, thinking at the time, you know, I had something better waiting ahead. Um, but, you know, everything that you have, all the memories you have is still, you know, left behind. And I felt with that one, like, so many people, you know try to leave the, t- the the town you know they think they have something better ahead but they wind up either you know figuratively there or literally there I guess oh it's also like the sense of of like you feel as though leaving is your sense of accomplishment but then when you get to where your wherever your destination is that like you feel you you long for your home you long you long for what you had. You too good for your home? You're, are you too good for your home? <laughs> Why don't you go home? Yeah, have to go more reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's what I got. You know, you can get far from home, but you're still, you still have ties. Right. Whether you're physically there, you know, in the town that you never left, or the memories right. tie you there. <clears throat> Just because they, you know, I fall apart, but these memories never die. So... That one, that's a good song. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, not so angry as much as the others. It was just... Um, it's still a very driving song. Oh, yeah. But it's not, it's not as, like, as, like, snarly, angry. Oh, it still it's, has a lot of feeling. Right. But just not as much of the angry... Right. Um, angsty stuff as, as before. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um... Track nine was Sidewalks. Um, To me, that felt like another nostalgic song, Um, like reminiscing about the times when things were, you know, simpler. Um, I I almost kind of take it sometimes when I listen to that track as like like a remembrance of his his youth. Oh, yeah. Like when he, especially like when he talks about like, uh, like... Looking at the cars. Oh, yeah. They're talking about counting them. and Yeah. And it's, like, such a specific, like, 18 blue, 21 red. Like, it's just, it's very, that's what I get from it anyways. Is it, well, when I read that, that very... too, the 21 blue, I was, like, counting blue cars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I didn't um, even think about that. Yeah. It felt like, um, like, reminiscing on your past and... You know, regretting, like, wanting things to, to progress then. Like, wanting to grow up then. Right. But now you're regretting, like, wishing it all away. And remembering, like, what all that felt like. Right. So I felt like it was also, like, a good reminder of, like, enjoy the moment. Yeah, definitely. I also like that track a lot because it's so different from the ones like previous like everything about it is very different 
Oh, yeah. I felt like out of all the tracks that this one would be more of a, I don't know. We use ballad. That doesn't feel like the right word, but like. No, but it kind of is. I mean, compared to the others, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, if you if you put it if you stack it up against the rest <laughs> of the album, it's a ballad. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wrote. Kind of a ballad, quotes. <laughs> right. Um, so let's see. Divide and Conquer was track ten. Um, this one felt like an angry song, but not relationship angry. It felt like. Um, not a protest song but almost because it talks about um almost how we contribute to the the state of the world like it i don't know if you know what i'm talking about here but um like why do we do this to ourselves we're buying every word they sell so it's talking about like how we're buying into well figuratively what they sell like words right. and thoughts but also i mean literally buying into capitalism right the, literally. the world is but yeah, it talks about star- you know starving our loved ones, carry our guns, hungry nations standing in the ashes of our enemies remain. We bought into it, you know. So I mean that the song was you know in two thousand three, but like I feel like it's kind of applicable now. Yikes! Yikes! Big yikes! I mean I'm not saying like each of us are responsible, but like, no, we but got it, here it, somehow. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a song. It's almost like. A, a calling out yeah. where it's like they're it's like putting information into your face to say like do you see do you see what we've done yeah like yeah because it's really easy to like just make it somebody else's fault and whatever yeah but it's, like, e- it's easy to dissociate but again we didn't like get we didn't get to this point alone right so, so like it, it's also reiterates that that like it's not just one person's fault yeah it's everybody yeah because i mean when i thought about it i was thinking of like the current times now it's like we're all in this together yeah we are but like everybody's pointing fingers that it you know how we got here but right now that doesn't matter right what matters is moving forward and you know Exactly. So this one kind of spoke to me in like the current events type of way, and I thought that was interesting um, that it was written, you know, seventeen years ago, right. and still applies now. Yeah, it makes it well. And from some other podcasts that I've listened to, uh, they make reference to the scene pre nine eleven and post nine eleven. Yeah. So you look at a song like that lyrically, post nine eleven. Not that I want to make this too politically, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. it's very interesting that, like, you you have that one track on the album that you can clearly see is, like, a political outcry. Right. You know, like, where it's like, look at the fucking world. Look at what's going on. And it's like, whoa, whoa, yeah, okay. And, I mean, that's a common theme in music, too, obviously, in punk. Like, right. It's really heavy with the punk scene, but... um I mean, this one's pretty easy to just miss, I think. And yeah. Just, you know, with all the others of, you know, the hometown. Right. The broken loves. Like, I feel right. like it's... Right. Well, because you're, you're, you get so, you get so into the whole emo side of, of the album. And especially when it, it starts off so strong. Right. That, like, once you get to this song, you're almost like... 
you have to be kind of jolted back in like oh shit yeah oh step back to reality oh um yeah so that's what i got out of that track <laughs> kind of a serious one um track 11 is razor blades um the one i'm getting from this is kind of like a kind of a loss of a friendship or relationship or um just moving on um i read that it was more of a pop punk song than their other songs i could see that um but i really enjoyed the music in this one um Yeah, I've wasted so many nights, and again, I've wasted so much time on a friend. Too young, too proud to understand. So this is the end. Um, yeah, loss of a friendship where, you know, you don't see eye to eye, and, you know, you're just moving on. Right. Um, it kind of makes, you know, you think about, like, like the, the youth part of it. It kind of connects with, like, you know, how sidewalks is a, a reminiscent. This one's not reminiscent, but it's... Well, yeah, it's like it's like taking a look back and seeing who your real friends are. Right. Right. So yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Um, so the last song, "Falling Down," um, I thought it sounded like a punk song in the beginning, like the bass. I don't know. It sounded kind of no effectsy. Like I can't think of the song that it re- uh, resembled a little bit to me, but like, yeah. It, it had a bit of a punk sound. Would um, you say that it sounded like MXPX? You know what? Maybe I would, because you told me that, and I didn't know that before. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that it's it's the most, like, punk-driven song, because it's coincidentally <laughs> featuring Mike Herrera from MXPX. I think that um, when I was doing this deep dive, like, by the end, I was just like you know not looking for a lot and the hidden track i think threw me off which we right get too right so i didn't really dive into this one as much as i did the others and i didn't even read that part so that makes sense because i knew there was a punk influence yeah but i didn't know that before i talked to you yeah and actually when you listen <laughs> when you listen there's a like almost like a a trade-off of of lyrics between story of the year and my Carrera, like where the lead singer for story of the year and my Carrera go back and forth right singing parts of the song so it's actually a two voice vocal part right and that makes sense yeah um this one seemed like it was you know about picking up pieces from from this dark place and you know moving on and holding on even when it's you know tearing you apart it felt like a good you know last track i agree because I feel like it left you with, like, some hope. I'm fact-checking myself right now, because now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if it's my Carrera. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like um, this one was, you know, a standalone, I'm on my own, my hands will bleed, I'm holding on to what is gone, what's left of me. So, like, even after everything you've been through, there's you still have something left, you still have some strength. Um some hope so i mean that one even though you know they're all angsty right felt hopeful yeah it still is like which i think they they pull off really well they do absolutely which is impressive to me just because you know the whole theme of the album 
angsty, even with other messages. Um, but while you're checking that, um, bring up the hidden track, which I was forewarned because I read the Spotify play, you know, track list and they say falling down and hidden track or unnamed hidden track or something like that. Right. And, uh, so I should have been prepared, but you know, like 20 second silence and all of a sudden a scream <laughs> and some like, you know, auto tunes, uh, voices and, um, just a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, it's it's just like a goof track. Yeah, essentially. But funny nonsense. I mean, what I read was that it was you know bloopers and outtakes from recording, and I mean we have those. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Could you imagine our our hidden track? Right, our um, hidden track would be wild. Yeah. So, um, so that takes us to the end of the album. Um, I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's a, a really, really solid album. Yeah, my standout favorites, of course, were Anthem for a Dying Day, or Ever Dying Day. I Those little words always confuse me. Um, yeah, so that was a favorite before I even heard the whole album, but, you know, it continues to be a favorite. Um, Until the Day I Die, that one is really, um, I don't want to say catchy, but, yeah, I mean, it's it sticks in my head. Um I really like Razor Blades just because um, the music um, was kind of different and it stood out from the others. Um, I liked <clears throat> I liked Sidewalks because the ballad feel to it, and I enjoyed um, I think Burning Years just because like the the symbolism in it, the broken wings and everything just. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh-oh. I have to take back what I said. It was not my Carrera from MXPX. It was Toby Morse, who was the lead singer for the band H2O. Okay. Which is like a hardcore punk band. Okay. So still heavy punk. Because I, I, the more I thought about it, later in the song, there's actually a part where they scream... H2O, go. And I was like, wait a minute, that's literally the name of the fucking band that the, that the other singer is from. So, okay, well, still punk influence. Fucking duh. But yeah, it's my mistake. So sorry. So sorry. Uh, well, that's why I didn't read that. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I'm I glad. Know. Sorry, I fact checked myself, everybody. Yeah, so, yeah, favorites. Yeah, the couple I mentioned. Um, it's the Burning Years. Um, dive right in, just because it was a, you know, spoke to me emotionally. Right. So, but I don't think there was any song that I didn't like. They all had, you know, some, something special about them. Right. So, again, inadvertently, we, we gave ourselves... <laughs> albums in this episode that both had very many like I'll never get out of this town fuck this town, I hate this town I love this town it's interesting because I think the first time we gave ourselves some some deep albums without even knowing and then we went back into our own wheelhouses and gave each other albums that we couldn't (laughs) find a track that we didn't like and they both had a lot of similar content matter in their own way. Right. 
So what were your favorites on this album? Do you have a clear favorite at all? Clear favorite? Um, Till the Day I Die. And then, like, um, Anthem for a Dying Day. Sidewalks. Sidewalks is such a good track. I just, it's just so different. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the same list. Um, the Hero Will Drown. I like the, it just, it's just such a good start. Yeah. See, I think that one was really, um, growing on me. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, like, right. (laughs) I mean, I liked it, but it didn't stand out until later for me. Yeah. So, I enjoyed it. Good. Good. I'm glad. Um, what else have you listened to? Have you listened to anything else? No, I went back anything and new? a couple of listens of Less Than Jake, um, just because we were talking about it, and I wanted to have, you know, a fresh memory of the whole album, just because, I mean, I know all the songs, but you listen to things in an album order, and I never really do, so I figured I would take that Well, that's, that's good. I'm glad that I'm... I'm influencing you, you to are. listen to music a little bit differently. You are. Um, yeah, so I listened to that and then the live album of it because um, they're one of the only bands that I really enjoy live, and I feel like their live yeah. album is actually good, which is unusual for yeah. me to enjoy a live album. I'm not real big on live albums. No, but I, I'm, I don't know. I've seen them so many times. Their energy really comes across when they're performing. So, right, right. Um, I enjoyed their live album, so I listened to that. I might um, actually have to go back and give that a listen. I would, if I were you. Just because, like, their commentary is kind of funny. And, I mean, they have a good stage presence anyway, so. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, when I've seen them in concert, they, like, wear costumes and. Oh, that's fun. Just random, yeah. I think there one time there's a banana costume and, like, just random stuff. It's fun. Um, new stuff? I don't really think I've listened to anything new. Um, I mean, I took a bunch of listens on this on Page Avenue, so. Yeah. And I've been taking this music uh, assignments kind of seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that the thing that, that was nice about Less Than Jake um, is that, like, it's a quick album. Oh, yeah. So, like, I could listen to it a couple of times in a day because I listen to a lot of music at work. Right. In yeah, addition, I don't really get to do that anymore. In addition to podcasting, or uh, listening to podcasts. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, I get the opportunity to actually listen to a lot of music at work. So, like, I there were a couple of days when I listened to this album, like, at the beginning of my day and then closer to the end of my day. Yeah, I know a lot less music listening time just because when I used to work in the office, I would have travel time um, and a lot of time... You know, during the day I would listen to music. Right. Now I get interrupted a lot. Or <clears throat> I have a lot of calls because we're all separated. Um, so video calls and whatnot. Um, I did catch up on High School Never Ends. I think I have like one more episode on the podcast to listen to to catch up on that. So I've been trying to catch up on some of the the stuff I've been behind on. But musically, I really haven't listened yeah, to Yeah, a little, little shout out there. Uh High School Never Ends, if you guys have never listened to it, it's it's a really fun, really fun podcast. A uh, couple of guys, pop punk pop dads, dad. um, that they they talk about similar content where it's a, it's a lot, but it's a lot more scene focused. Yeah, I mean, they go, they go th- over the same album in some of the 
some of them or they dig a deep dive into a band yeah or... they'll each each episode usually is like one band and they focus the whole episode on that band's entire discography which for me i find very interesting because that's how i consume my music yeah i like their podcast too because um they talk about exposing their kids to a lot of the music that they which is really cool yeah uh, which my you know my kids are impressionable music age teenager and uh young and i guess elementary school child so you know it's interesting to find out where kids musical influences come from because i remember like my musical memories as a child so it's interesting to hear them talk about it as well right because it kind of makes it you know something i can connect with yeah so yeah a little shout out you guys should definitely check them oh, out yeah, definitely uh i know they're on they're on uh twitter and instagram i think it's uh hsne pod so be yeah. sure to look out for them they're they're real cool yeah one of the episodes i listened to this week um catching up was the my chemical romance one which i really really enjoyed it was a good episode oh, yeah definitely yeah um so aside from all the eight million podcasts i listen to <laughs> uh this week i actually had the opportunity to finally sit sit back and listen to the newest release from newfound glory that's right so uh you know it's been out for i think it's been out like almost a month but i I just had never really had the chance to get around to it so i finally had the chance to and uh pleasantly surprised it was a really really good album very solid sounds like some classic newfound glory um, I would say it's almost close to like uh, like Sticks and Stones or Catalyst, which is like their like earlier like third or fourth album, and uh, I definitely recommend it for sure. And I, I think like I, I think you would enjoy it, even being somebody who is now becoming a newer Newfound Glory fan. Well, I I mean I listened to them well before we met. Yeah, um, but like years ago, but um, most of it was either the hits or the right or the covers, right? Because when I started listening, like the covers were real popular, right? I mean, they still are. Oh yeah, but I mean that's what was coming out at the time, right? Um, but also, I actually went through and I listened to uh, discography from a band that I had just recently heard of uh, called the Bomb Pops. That sounds familiar for some reason. Uh, and it, it was only because I had heard uh, the, the lead singer on a different podcast. Um, but uh, it's a female-led band. So the vocalist and the lead guitar slash uh, backup vocalist are both chicks. And then there's two guys that round out the band. But it's really cool. Uh, they're like an old school punk act. They're actually on uh, Fat. That's where I heard of them. And okay. uh, Mike has actually produced, like Fat Mike has actually produced some of their stuff. That would probably so, be why I've heard of them. Yeah, they're really dope. <laughs> Besides though. the popsicle. I, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I really enjoyed it. Their Their stuff is very much... It's like, it's almost like you can get like a little bit of Green Day, 
a little bit of like almost like a like a lag wagon oh, yeah. or like a me first all fat yeah. music anyway oh yeah <laughs> fat music <laughs> well um, I just remember the compilations back in the day fat music for fat people yeah another yeah. way that I would get music because the you know lack of internet and whatever was give, the compilations give them the boot <laughs> I, that, <laughs> I that was ones the ones too. that I always got from Hellcat I had those, yeah, and Punkorama. I think they were. Oh yeah, Punkoramas were real big too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that's what I listened to this I'll week. Have to check that out. Yeah, they're I really. I don't think I listened to enough female vocal. They're pretty music, cool. So I'll have to check it out. They're pretty cool. I think you would really like them. All right. So, uh, I would say that's about it. Thanks for tuning in. Um, again, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at. S-I-M-H pod and we're also on Facebook you can just look up songs in my head uh, I know I said last week I was going to try and do the playlist thing still working on that we'll get there we'll we're, get there we're, we're still learning a lot <laughs> right we're still learning a lot so uh, bear with us but thanks so much for tuning in and uh, you know we'll talk to you soon thanks